With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast episode 290. We are the Fight Disciples. This one's dedicated to the world of mixed martial arts, mainly UFC. There's other franchises that we talk about as well, though. And you could subscribe to this via iTunes. You're looking for Fight Disciples on iTunes. Please hit the subscribe button. Write some nice comments as well uh, in the uh, in the comments section, which helps us with our visibility in the chart. It's a weird chart. Comments make prizes or something like that. I don't know. Uh, please help us out with it anyway. Much appreciated. Uh, you could subs- you could get all over our social media as well, by the way, at Fight Disciples um, on Facebook and Twitter, at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. Loads of little bits and bats uh, going up over the uh, course uh, of the week. You may have seen us at the weekend uh, because it's we basically have moved in with each other, me and Nick. We've been uh, living with each other, doing radio shows, doing television programmes um, over the weekend, of which uh, we stuck on uh, bits of our social media. So hopefully you've seen little bits of that. You can go to BT's uh space online for a little bit of a nosy in mm-hmm. of uh, me and uh, uh, Nick and Dan Hardy doing a bit of TV together talking about UFC 236 it's all there go and have a little bit of a nosy I'm now going to shut up now because Nick wants to tell you about the time he found a bogey in my nose that on television that was so funny as fuck I can't believe we haven't got the outtake of that we've got to get that outtake we'll ask, well, we've, we've asked for it we just haven't been sent it have we yeah it was hilarious. Go on, tell the story. We're in mid-flow. And, uh, no, we weren't in mid-flow. Well, you, you brought us back from an ad break or whatever it was, and you're like fucking chirping away. And I just looked at me left and just looked at you, and I just, I just sees this big atrocity hanging out. Why are you the, lying? You're Roman conk. He's, right, this is it. Right, he's lying. This is not what happened. We were in a very cold building. Where we were freezing. Up. It was freezing whilst we were filming this thing. Now, I've been up... What was it called? Fight Zone London, Fight I think Zone it was. in London, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bethnal Green. That's right. So uh, we've been in there. It's freezing. There's no heaters on or anything like that. My nose might have just started to run, yeah? When he makes it out that there was a big monstrosity, like he makes it sound like there's a fucking... Do you know like when your two-year-old has got a slug hanging out of her nose and you're thinking, come here, bless her, right? <laughs> That's what he's making it sound like. It wasn't like that. There was a bit of glisten on the on my tip, weren't there? There was a bit of glisten. And he stopped the whole fucking recording and went, I can't carry on. I can't carry... I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, he's got a bogey. He's got a bogey. Bogey, bogey, bogey. He's got a bogey hanging out of his nose. Everybody's fucking falling about laughing. I'm like... like Austin Powers. He made... Bogey. Bogey, bogey, bogey. He proper hung me out. Bogey. In front of everybody. Which then then held up the next five minutes of the show because everybody was pissing themselves that much. They couldn't actually fucking crack over the show. Yeah, including you. Yeah, to be fair, he did make me cool. Even the director was like, okay, Everyone take a deep breath. Everybody <laughs> breathe. Like... And let's start again. 100% the orange ape now is going to send us a lovely little yeah, Photoshop of me with a fucking my massive crustacean hanging out my face. Yeah, so we should. Mm. I couldn't miss it. You've got a big nose. What can I say? Oh, listen, right? Any need? Any need? <laughs> just saying you've got a fucking a healthy just, nose. Just because you bring you've the got sex. got a Roman nose. Just because my strengths are voice <laughs> rather than visual. <laughs> listen... I looked out for you there. That's all you need to know. I looked out for you because that shit goes out on HD and people at home... 4K. Would have been, 4K, 4K exactly. Yeah, yeah. People, people would have thought it was a fucking... It'd seen the eyes, eyes and nose on it. <laughs> on the bogey, it was that big. So I did you a favour, man. You need to retain that shit. If I ever do any TV stuff or I'm on camera and I've got a bit of spinach between my teeth or something, you better fucking man up yeah. and mention it. All right. Because I sorted you out there. That's what boys do. We stand together. All right, yeah. So you mm. should be actually thanking me. Otherwise, people will be on here today going, have you seen the video from the UFC 236 breakdown on the mat? Check out the bogey hanging out of Cattrall's nose. It had its own pulse. <laughs> but they won't now because I, sort- I sported it for you. Sorted it. No problem. Look at that. Eagles fly together. Eh? <laughs> anyway. It was brilliant, though. What, the bogey or the, the show? <laughs> Just being able to go, whoa, 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 stop. Stop the cameras. He's got a snot <laughs> hanging out of his face. <laughs> This dirty bastard's got a bogey. <laughs> Listen, are you going to talk about um, your uh, your escapades at the actual BT building when you were watching the show or not? 
Oh, yeah. Right, because I, what happened was, so Nick's rocked up, probably about 10, 11 o'clock of an evening. Yeah. Gets himself into position to watch uh, UFC 236, right? This is at BT. Everybody's there by me. Because I've been sensible, and I said this to Nick, yeah? I said, Nick, this isn't my first overnight rodeo, sunshine, right? I'm going to go to bed for a bit. So I'm going to get myself a nice little hotel. I'm going to go to bed. I'll wake up. I'll come and join you for the main card. Because think about it. We're doing the main card, and then we're going straight to the studio to shoot the show, right? We don't want you zombified, pal. So he's like going, yeah, to be fair, you've, put, you've pulled the blinder there, mate, to be fair, haven't you? So Nick, right, bear in mind, is that the first time you've been in that particular building? Uh, yeah, I've always been at IMG before. Right. I've never been to BT right. before. Right, so that particular building, right, he's just said hello to everybody. He's just said hello. He's just met up the team that we're working with. He shook all their hands. He's picked himself a couch in the fucking... In the, green room. In the green room. And just gone to bed in front of everybody. And not only that, I mean, I think if you would have listened to a show that we did in 2017, it was around uh, AJ versus Klitschko. It's the time when we won our first award and we all shared a hotel room. You remember this story? And I told you about his snoring. Fucking hell fire, right? I'm in the hotel next door and I could hear him, right? <laughs> I, I, I turned up at three in the morning. Dan Hardy's come out. He said, where have you been? I said, I've been for a bit of kit. He said, why don't you just do what Nick's doing? He's fucking terrorising everybody in there with his bloody snoring that's going on. It's like some type of hovercraft kicking off. You didn't give a shit, did you? I didn't give a fuck. No. Shoes off. Yep. Kicked up. Straight got, in. got yourself a nice cover and started snoring your head off. Hoodie on. Yeah. Hood over my eyes. That's it. See you later, boys. See you at three o'clock, lads. Right, that's, that's, the beauty of, that's the beauty of being someone like me who's got, who's got some kind of narcolepsy. I can sleep on a washing line, me. Yeah. Not a problem. Not a problem. Sleep anywhere. Eat anything, sleep anywhere. I'm low maintenance. Good I'm not like you. I'm low maintenance. You're not like You're high me. maintenance. Oh, I need a hotel room to go and have no. some beauty sleep. The majority of people would have got themselves an actual bed to go and sleep in. <laughs> I didn't want to miss the action. I was absorbing the you early You missed prelims. the action. You were fast. I was absorbing the early fast. prelims through my ears. You were fast asleep. When I turned up, I said, did I miss anything in the prelims? You went, I don't know. I didn't see it. <laughs> That's what you said. That's asleep. <laughs> But we didn't. The prelims weren't that good. So they're, they're all right, yeah. Timed it. <laughs> Timed it perfectly. Mate, yeah. the fucking men and co-men, though. If the, pre, if the prelims were nothing to report. Listen, if you're, if you're not a mixed martial arts fan, okay. However, go and watch Adesanya Gestalem and then just keep the, keep the feed running and go and watch Poirier yep. against Holloway. Yep. That should be everybody's introduction to mixed martial arts. Yeah, man. And then hopefully you, yeah, okay, you're going to get some fights that bore you to death. I mean, we speak about them. We're open and honest about them on this particular show. Yep. Don't go and watch the prelims. They were shit. Yep. This is where it's at. This is where it's at. This is where MMA is at. Full stop. Wow, man. If you're not, if you're not into MMA, then I dare you to go and watch. Yeah. Those two 25-minute rounds. That. Exactly. You can't watch that and, and then come fan. back to us and say, yeah, shit that. Nobody yeah. would say that. Even if you if you hear MMA, you'd look at it and go, fucking hell, we're all right, that. Mm-hmm. There's entertainment in that. Was it the greatest weekend of violence that we've seen? Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> what? The greatest weekend of violence. Can you imagine that as a TV clip? <laughs> Tune in to BT Sport for the greatest weekend of violence. We had... Loma Friday, we had UFC 236, two title fights Saturday, yeah. and then Game of Thrones Sunday. The greatest weekend of violence, exclusive to BT Sports. It fucking was. It was, it was, what a weekend, son. Obviously, we had Tiger Woods thrown in the mix, and then obviously fucking Liverpool's title campaign as well. Yeah, but that doesn't fit, the, vi- it. That doesn't fit the violence. It does thing. when you see the way I was masturbating over Tiger Woods. <laughs> violent wank. <laughs> <laughs> when you see how happy I was with Tiger Whoa. Woods' performance, you might change himself that. red raw. <laughs> if you've only just tuned in to Fight Disciples this week, I apologise. There's a theme with wanking. We've just yeah. done it on the boxing show. Now we're doing it on the mixed martial arts show as well. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you could be right, mate. It was fucking splendid. Absolutely splendid. Adesanya Gastelum. Was, that's the, listen, Adesanya Gastelum. Like, we were all watching it in a green room together. There's me, you, there's Dan, there's the producer, Ian, there's um, little, uh, what's his name, the Raptor. James. Little James, Dan's pal, James Mystery. Dan Stewart. And then there's Darren Stewart there, the, the dentist himself, and Darren Stewart's mate. When the third and fourth rounds, fifth rounds of Gastelum Adesanya, the fucking, we're all bouncing off each other. Jumping out of our seats, fucking hugging each other and shit. Yeah, it, was it was crazy. It was yeah. absolutely crazy. And Gastelum, man, fucking hell. 
The gas tank and the chin on that motherfucker for a fat welterweight. That guy can fight. Well, can fight. My God. You say that. I think he ran out of gas in the fifth, and that's what cost him the fight, I think. Do you know what? I don't know whether he ran out of gas in the fifth or or Adesanya just reached down into the soul of his body after having a tough fourth round and just refused and just literally said to himself, no, I am not losing tonight. I am not not winning that title. It was like the fucking spirit of Wakanda came out of him. He was just like a superhero, man. He was a superhero. That fifth round from Adesanya, (laughs) that's when I went... That okay, was, that was world superstar. Mate, stuff. My my prospect of two thousand eighteen. Oh, it, it is. Can I just point out as well, right? Whilst we were doing the TV show, I was going to refer, I was going to set him up and make him look good, right? With this question, but even before I could get the fucking shit out my mouth, he went, uh, Dan, uh, Adam, I don't know if you realise this, but before <laughs> I went, Adesanya, all, I went all Gareth A. Davies, <laughs> before he was in the UFC, I picked him as my one to watch. I'm going, I was just about to say that to you. He's like, going, well, I'm just making sure that you know, you know, and you down the camera know as well. <laughs> but he, he went from prospect to fucking superstar. Mm. That fifth round for me is when you go, Adesanya is the shit. Adesanya's the real deal. He's just had the worst round of his UFC career so far in the fourth when he's getting beat to fuck. Mm. Gaston really t- stepped on them. He would have known going into that round, this is 50-50. It's on yes. this round now. This is it. Win this round, win the fight. They both did. Surely going into the fifth, they both thought, I've got to win this championship round. This fifth round is where I can lock it down. And Adesanya was the one that went, bang, next level. Against all the odds after having a tough fourth round. Now, that partially might have been because Gaston had tied himself out. But I'd like to put credit the other way. I'd like to say Adesanya proved that he's a world champion. That was a world champion's performance in that fifth round. And that's what makes, obviously, what comes next. The Whitaker fight, the all-fucking battle of Australasia. Mm. That is going to be... Huge, 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 huge. I think that could be back in Melbourne, back to the scene of the crime where Holly Holm fucking kicked Ronda Rousey in the head. The biggest gate in UFC history. We could see a repeat. Australia versus New Zealand. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm. It's going to be massive. And Robert Whittaker, as you know, is one of my favourite fighters in the world, just like Adesanya is. Mate, that's the best fight in the UFC this year, I believe. Unless John Jones fights DC up a heavyweight, for me, the biggest and best fight in the whole UFC is Adesanya versus Robert Whittaker. Mm. The fight at the weekend with him and Gastelum was the, was the best 25-minute fight that I think I've ever seen. Yeah. It was, do you know what? Because it went back and forth. Yeah. They were both in it, and you're thinking, wow, man, this is amazing. And then, like you've said, that fifth round, to see the lad that we're all hyping about, we're all going crazy for him, we love him. If, you, if, you, if you're into MMA, you can't not be into this kid because he's doing shit, which is highlight real stuff. It's so creative the way that he goes about his striking. Just to see him get a massive set of bollocks on him and go, do you know something? No. Like you've just said, I'm, I refuse to get beat. But do it in a way where it, it wasn't just pure aggression. No. There was, it was skill. It was beautiful the way that he took him to pieces. If there's another minute in the round, he, he gets a finish. Yeah, he gets yeah. a finish in the fight. There's no question yeah. about that. Just, the, it's fights like that. It's moments like that that people will remember for time and it will be the night that they class as. That's the night that Adesanya became a superstar. Of course. And I think for a lot of people as well, maybe it might be the night they go, that's when I became a UFC fan. Yeah, that was the fight I watched. The man, okay, I'm balls deep on this sport now. I want to watch. I want to watch more of that. I want to watch that guy. And that, and that's that's why we're in fights. But that's why you follow any sport. You know, you you don't you have a moment. You yeah. don't you don't follow fucking golf for twenty years not to go. Wow, that was the moment with Tiger Woods. I've been waiting for that. I've been waiting for that euphoria. I've been waiting for that feeling. You know, we watch football for the same thing. I want to win the league or I want to see these big performances against our biggest rivals. Yeah. And I think um, fight sports is the same. You know, you, you watch the shows, you watch fucking UFC fucking St. Petersburg, UFC fucking back end of beyond nowhere because you're waiting for these moments when lightning strikes in a bottle. And so often in the UFC, because it's the best versus the best, they time it so well for these pay-per-views. And Adesanya versus Gastelum, kind of just like Poirier versus Holloway. Mm. Those perfect storm moments. Was it the greatest fight in UFC history? Listen, man, I'd have to go back and watch John Jones versus Gas- uh, Alexander Gustafsson again. I'd have to go back and watch Rory MacDonald against fucking Robbie Lawler again. Yeah. We, you know, there's been some great ones. There's been some amazing fights. That is fucking certainly up there. Mm. As one of the greatest fights, there's been so many, man. There's been so many. But listen, it was fucking unreal. It was unreal. Are we, all right then, here's something different. Are we in the best streak of fantastic fights? Mm-hmm. That Well, definitely, since we've been doing the show, I can't remember a time 
from UFC London to, to the weekend just gone, every single week there's been a moment where we've gone, fucking hell. That was wicked. Mm. You've gone Masvidal, you've gone uh, Showtime, you've gone uh, Gaethje. Now we've got this at the weekend. And not just one, because we've got obviously Max and Poirier to talk about as well, because that was also an absolutely extremely good fight. Yeah. We just constantly seem to be getting these talking points being dished up, and not one of them is Conor McGregor. No, no. Or John Jones. No. Well, well there's been a few John Jones, hasn't there? Yeah, but we're getting. Yeah, but the thing is with John Jones, with that that I've said personally on the show, is that John Jones seems to be fighting within himself. He's not giving yeah. us that statement moment. No. He's not giving us that moment where we're going, fucking hell, that was unreal. It's yeah. the other guys that are giving us the Jesus. Yeah. The Masvidals, the Pettis. Yeah. That, that are coming out of nowhere. Fucking. Nobody saw Pettis knocking out Thompson. Nobody saw Masvidal knocking out Till. There you go. But we, you're but right. we're getting those every week. Moments. We're getting these fucking moments where you're just like, "Holy shit! What was that? This is unreal." And you know what? It's it's also, and I, I'm going to blame that on the fact that I'm on the worst run of fucking MMA betting of all time <laughs> because the sport's been bonkers. It's been fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't believe the amount of shit I got on me William Hillacker this week. People going, "Fucking hell, you're better atrocious, man." This is MMA. Like, I'm fucking laying it all out there. I'm just, I'm just trying to. Add a little bit of yeah. fun along the way. And with all due respect, if you're only... That's why it's only £2.50 acres and shit like right. that, because and if it's you're, MMA, and if toss you're, a coin. And if you're only here, right, to try and win yourself a few quid... What the fuck are you doing here? Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> Listen, at the end of the day, yeah, the the acre was wrong, but the fight was fucking amazing. Exactly. It gave you more, did it? You lost £2.50 mm. along the way. Do you know what? The acre wasn't doing too how bad f- until that point. I had a couple how, of good wins. How funny were me and you, right? Do you know when Adesanya's putting it on Gaston? Because I went Adesanya points and you went Adesanya TKO, right? TKO, yeah. So they're putting it on in the last minute and I, and and Mark's there ready to step in. Mark, God, I he's, jumping, yeah. he's jumping all over it. He's getting close and you're going, stop it, Mark, stop it. I'm going, get off him, Mark. Get off him. Don't stop the fight. Ten seconds to go in the fifth. I'm like, stop the fucking fight. What's he doing? Stop the fucking fight. Not because I thought Mark was making the wrong decision. Yeah, yeah. Because I wanted to cash the fuck in. That's it. And I'm going, no, no. And then when the when the, the hooter went, I'm going, Mark, you fucking diamond superstar. I'm like, Mark Goddard, you can't. Fuck's sake, just cost me a fortune. Yeah. Mate, tremendous, tremendous fight. The main yeah. event. How the thing is because they only watch that backstage. They've just they, we've just witnessed. Yeah, what, they've had one eye on it. Fight of the year. A fight a fight that epic. People, are, even if you're not watching it, going, someone's going to go. This. Fucking hell! Look at this, Dustin. Or look at this, Max. Like yeah. Max Holloway was probably literally sitting there watching it. You know what Max Holloway's like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they would have been aware because you can feel it as well. The energy in the room yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. else. You're aware that you walk in because in even us watching it in in a green room. After that fight finished, it was like a vacuum. Everyone was fucked. You're like, oh, wow, what have we just witnessed? What yeah. have we just witnessed? Follow that, follow that. But then you're like, shit, here comes Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier. Yeah. As if that is not going to live up to it. And that's the one that we last week went, this could be fight of the year. So they, we've just witnessed probably the fight of the year. Yeah. And we've been building up the next fight as the potential of fight yeah. of the year. Fucking hell, lads, how do you follow that? And he did. Jesus, did they? They did follow it as well. It was absolutely do you know epic. It, without toot in my own horn this played out exactly how I imagined it to play out because if you look at the way that these guys fight yeah. Dustin Poirier starts nice and fast loads of heavy strikes early doors try to take people's heads off yeah. first round you look at it you're thinking fucking hell exactly that exactly that Max Holloway's one of those guys that sees himself into a fight builds 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 he builds, likes, he builds. Likes to get, Max likes to get beat up a little bit and then he comes up builds alive, to that and, momentum and yeah. then all of a sudden he's pouring it on and he's looking to finish and that yeah. is kind of the tale of the fight I personally I mean that listen the judging, I thought, was a little bit too wide in favour of Dustin. I ain't arguing that Dustin won the fight. No. That's sweet. But personally, it was all on the last round for me. And I thought Max took the last round. Me too. I really do. Yeah. I, I don't know whether it was because we were all together. Maybe. I because I think the, the I think me, you, Dan and Stuart, I can't remember. I would like to have put words in Dan's mouth. I can't remember what Dan had said about it. But certainly me, you and Dan and Stuart all agreed that we thought Max just nicked it in the last. Yeah. No one's disputing that Dustin deserved it. Yeah. Fucking and his, his story alone. Yeah, tremendous. You're like, I'm glad Dustin won. Even Max was like, I'm glad you won. I'm, you know, you're a great man. You fucking, you deserve it. Yeah. And he's worked so hard. The American to Bisping, around I think we to him on yeah, the Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, he's, he's fell short man. so many times. No way in the world I want to take it away from him. But then I posted on Twitter going, "Fuck Max, just nicked it." But what a fight! What a moment! And again, the amount of shit I got coming back on. What the fuck are you talking about? You, so you, you don't know how to bet on MMA. You don't know how to score it either. Fucking Dustin won that by a mile. I mean, he didn't though. He didn't. He just didn't win and, that by a mile. And as well as that, your yours, what you're saying could be argued, mm-hmm. and what other people are saying it can be argued. 
that's sport. Exactly. We're not talking about we're not talking about a landslide, are we? No. We're talking about fucking hell. This is an amazing yeah. fight. Both men are giving Listen, as much as the other. I never went on there and went fucking Eric Anders just got robbed against Khalil Roundtree. Cousins, no. Khalil Roundtree fucking Bastard smoked him. that fool for three rounds. Smoked him. <laughs> smoked that fool. <laughs> you went fucking proper beer barackers. <laughs> he smoked that fool. He's me, mate. Um <laughs> In fact, if you're going to go back and watch it, watch Khalil Roundtree as well, because he's amazing. If you like kickboxer, the movie, and Tong Po in particular, go and watch it, because Khalil Roundtree, fucking Roundtree turned into Tong Po. That was a completely one-sided fight. I get that. You know, I'm not fucking stupid. Dustin Poirier beating Max Holloway was close. That's it. It, it was a close fight. It was yeah. a great fight. Yeah, yeah. Five fantastic rounds, and I think ultimately Max Holloway ultimately paid the price for starting slow in that first round because yeah. Dustin did so much damage in the first round that it caught up with Max and then later on when obviously when he landed that big knee which split his eye open or just above you know between his eyes um, and Max ended up a bloody mess that he struggled with that cut then as well and I think you know Listen, it was just Dustin's night, that's all. I ain't fucking complained about it. It was an epic fight. I'd love to see them run it back for part three. Is it the right thing to do with Max? I don't know, because for me, Max Holloway is a pound-for-pound great at featherweight. Okay. He's moved up to lightweight. He looks like the punches are hitting him a little bit more than they did at featherweight. Those kind of shots, one, don't land on Max Holloway at featherweight and don't have that kind of damage on Max Holloway at featherweight. I think at lightweight... He's now given himself up to the slightly bigger guy. Yeah. But he dared to be great. So he ain't ever going to fucking say yeah. it was a bad move. And post, post fight in the press conference, Dan is saying, I want him to go back down to 145. No. I'm like, why? Yeah. He's mopped it up. Exactly. I want him to beat. Listen, we've slagged off the likes of DJ and others that have just coasted the division. I don't want him to coast the division. No. This is not what this sport is. No. The guy's got a massive set of bollocks. He's always bringing entertainment. I don't give a fuck if he loses. Yeah. This is just me personally. Obviously, he gives a fuck. Of course he yeah. does. But I don't. because no. I'm Just because Max Holloway gets beat a couple of times at lightweight doesn't mean I'm not going to not watch him. Yeah. He always brings an unbelievable fight. It's not like you'll go... Not like if he stays at lightweight, you'll go, yeah, he was a great featherweight champion, but, no. you know, he didn't beat Frankie Edgar. Well, look at us, and right? he didn't beat... Zabit. No. And he didn't, but no one's going to say that. We're going to go, yeah. In that period of he time, that two or three year period, he was the best featherweight in the world. Then he moved up to lightweight. Crack on. Yeah. Whatever he does at lightweight now, brilliant. And oh. we've just argued that he we won. think he won that fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. not like he's out of his depth. He's yeah. well in the depth, man. Yeah. And that was a title fight. All right, an interim title fight, but it was a title fight. He was well in it. Yeah. Keith, I'd say, Mike, stay at 155, man. There's a lot, there's a lot for you to play with here. Of course. Absolutely. Uh, to be honest, listen. I can't put words in the UFC's mouth, but I, I personally think the UFC wanted Max to win. Just to have that rhetoric of being following and follows Connor's footsteps of being a featherweight and lightweight unified champion. And to run back the Connor fight. To be able to run back the Connor fight. Or potentially go, okay, this is the guy that's chasing Connor, doing the same things Connor's done. Let's take him out to Abu Dhabi. Let's put him in with Khabib in September. Because that's what we're hearing now. Khabib, September, Abu Dhabi. That's when Khabib's coming back. Right. Does, Max Holloway, <clears throat> with the, with the, as, the, as the lightweight interim champion, you've got mm. to think that guy's going to fight him. Now it's probably going to be Dustin Poirier yeah. in Abu Dhabi. Well, it will be. Does Dustin have the game to beat Khabib? No, he doesn't. And I'm not saying Max does, but I'm, all I'm saying is that... The only one for me that does is Tony Ferguson. Yeah. That's the only one that I think can uh, run do, with do you know Khabib. What? I think we touched on it the other week, though, as well. I think Gaethje's a fucking motherfucking threat. A big time threat. Yeah. Because he's a zombie. He can walk through shots. And he can wrestle. And he's got a wrestling game to yeah. handle Khabib's sambo. Handles Khabib's ground game as well. So Let's do it. I, I think Gaethje could be the fucking, his kryptonite a little fucking bit. Hell. Because in some ways, I also think, listen, just because Max Holloway's got beat doesn't mean I'm suddenly fucking him out of my pound for no, pound. No, 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 no. He's right in there. But just like, you know, the certain opponents, I think Dustin Poirier just might have Max Holloway's number. That's just life. It's like John Jones has got DC's number. That's life. Mm-hmm. Great though, isn't it? It was fucking brilliant. It's great. I loved it. <clears throat> Two amazing fights. I don't want to talk about the undercard. We touched on well, the other highlight been... for me, and that was Khalil Roundtree. We'll talk Khalil in a minute, but just on the middleweight thing of it, it was great to see Dana come out as well. So listen, man, we're not doing this in Vegas. We're going to go down on it. We're going to get got this to. on. So you've got Robert Whittaker, who's a Kiwi that now lives in um, and works out of and spent the majority of his life in Australia against uh, Nigerian-born Israel Adesanya, who works and lives in New Zealand. Fuck me. Yeah. 
Again, on the TV show at the weekend, I made a reference to you about a stadium fight maybe in Australia, and I made a, a reference to a cricket ground, the MCG, <laughs> and he looked at me and he went, what the fuck is that? Cricket's not even a sport. They stop for sandwiches, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, stand, I stand by that comment. But, mate, they could do 60,000, 70,000 easy, couldn't easy, they? Easy, easy. Even without announcing who the undercard is. You know? I know Ronda Rousey's a big star, and that's why it, it got record levels in Melbourne last, term, last time out. But I don't give two fucks. These guys sell tickets more locally just because of listen Robert Wetzke is a superstar out there and in New Zealand now fucking hell the All Blacks are posting messages for Adesanya and everything and then you haven't even tapped in to the whole Nigerian thing the whole African continent thing which is now hotter than ever yes you know because Usman and him exactly so don't forget the UFC's London office that's the Emea office that's Europe Middle East and Africa even though they've never done an African card but they've always Dreamt of doing an African card. Now, whether it happens anytime soon, well, I don't mate, know. They've got two superstars. But there's that they can now there's do no that time way. like the present. Even if they don't do an African card, don't be surprised if Adesanya and Kamari Usman fucking suddenly in a week or two turn up in the in the president's palace in Nigeria or whatever it might be, the prime minister's palace or whatever. Yeah. Because there's a whole market there that hasn't even properly been tapped into yet that now is just primed and ready to go. Uh, but in terms of Australasia, man, that's I've. I've I haven't wanted to go back to Australia as much for anything else as I do for this now. That fight, I would fucking love to be there for that because they're two of my favourite fighters on the planet. Imagine being Khalil Lowntree uh, off the back of the weekend. Puts in a career best performance and misses out on the dollar because he's superseded with two fight the nights. How boss was that though? It was great. How boss. I would would love to go to Thailand for a fortnight and come back as Tongpo. Would you? I would love that. Full Phuket. Oh mate, just to go there for literally for a fortnight and come back. With a bouncing leg. Walking the talk, (laughs) like fucking, just looking like a, a 20 year vet Thai fighter. That's what he did. Just come back and it was like, who the fuck is he? Mate, you kicked the shit out of Eric Anders, he? was brilliant. It? it was supposed to be a 50-50 fight. It was supposed to be a who lands first slug him fight. And instead, Khalil turns up. Dropped him four and times in the second, was it? And he's just fucking masterful Thai boxer. Just absolutely beautiful. Mm. I've never I mentioned it, but I've, n- I've never seen that before. I've never seen a fighter where they go, oh, we just before we get the fight started here, can I just let you know that um, the guy in the red corners just spent a couple of weeks over there learning a bit of this. And you go like, oh, right, okay, maybe maybe I will see a flash of it. And then suddenly he comes out as a 20-year Thai boxing veteran. And you're like, what the fuck is he? Full he, he, he may as well have been called fucking Khalil, Khalil 3K Battery fucking, you know, like the Thais have those weird gym names, don't they? They like get named after the battery gym. Battery acid Yeah, Dave. exactly. Yeah, they, they always get named after the gym. You know, it's like fucking Red Bull Khalil or something <laughs> like that. You know, got, the sponsor becomes their actual name. That was what it was like. Khalil Roundtree just came out. As a proper fuck, all that was missing was that the fucking funny little yeah, yeah. the little horns and whatever else. Man, it was class. What a performance! How um how impressed were you with uh, the flyweight by the way, Pantasia? The um yeah, well that was the other flat standout, wasn't it? Yeah, Sajudo was Wilson uh, Reese. He was in uh, attendance. He will have seen that. Fuck Sajudo, man. That dude. You nearly said that on the TV. I know. <laughs> he just gets right under my skin because he's such a douche. Fuck Sajudo. He's such a douchebag. I'd seen, was it? It might have been John Morgan from May Junkie, one of the journalists anyway, that was that was ringside. Just tweeted going, oh, Sajudo's chatting up the ring card girls. I'm like, oh man, you're so fucking desperate. He's so Zoolander. Uh, he is. He is so Zoolander, yeah. It's just, it, it, it's embarrassing. But mm. anyway, he'll get his. Marlon Marias is going to do him, man. Mm. He's gonna get his, don't you mm. worry. But it was listen, Pantoya's emergence here in the flyweight division is like a fucking a shot of oh, nearly said the wrong thing then. Shot of adrenaline. Shot of adrenaline a to shot, the flyweight division. A shot division. of EPO. I nearly said shot of EPO, yeah. Shot of adrenaline to the flyweight division because it's only people like him who are coming out starching people. Yeah. That's make gonna make Dana White and the rest go, mm, let's keep the flyweight division around then. Yeah. Speaking of shots of uh, EPO, Friday they had the big press conference and obviously at the start of last week, we learned what TJ had been popped for. EPO's as damning as it gets, isn't it? There's no uh, contaminated products here. There's no picograms. There's no bullshit. This is basically outright. I'm going down, getting myself a needle, sticking it in my ass, and cheating the fucking living daylights out of it. For those that don't know what EPO is, basically what it does, it uh, heightens the amount of red blood cells that is in your system. It's what Lance Armstrong got um, pumped for. Yeah, He was blood doping in order to uh, increase his uh, capabilities when it comes to cardiovascular activities. Helps you go longer, uh, faster, stronger, all that type of shit. Um, and TJ Dillashaw was on it, and he has been popped for it and received himself a two-year ban, tarnishing his whole legacy. 
a guy that had a great legacy. He's been in some great fights, but as you pointed out on several occasions, his whole strength was that engine to be able to go deep, to keep going at the same level. Yeah. We now know why, man, because yeah. he was fucking waxed off his tits. He was juicing. It's it's hard because, you know, his persona in the sport and his rhetoric and his narrative and daring to be great and moving down to flyweight and, you know, bouncing back of all the fucking fallout with Team Alpha Male but being loyal to Dwayne Ludwig and setting up his own team and becoming a father and getting married and, you know, the back-to-backs with Cody Garbrandt where Cody looked a bit like a douche because of his fucking... He's not the brightest kid in the, in the class. Yeah. And, and Dillashaw just seemed to be a little bit more intellectually intelligent than him. And then the fighting performances, obviously getting the two fights against Garbrandt and all that, man. You just think, fuck it. It was all a lie. Uh, it was all a lie. It was all a lie. And I know now they've come out in the Vitskin said they've, they've tested the Garbrandt samples. They did test them for EPO then. He didn't have EPO in his system then. All that kind of stuff. You're like, well, that wasn't the immediate story that come out. The immediate story was, oh, he's been, te- he's been like this for a while. Garbrandt, during the build-up to those fights, said, fucking dude's on EPO. He showed us all how to do it. Team Alpha Male, he's the fucking guy. All that kind of stuff. You think, well, wait a minute. He was right and he was wrong here. Because yeah. all the questions in the media afterwards was, yeah, well, he failed for the Garbrandt fights as well. The guy's been juicing a long time. And then the next question was, well, how far back should we start testing people out? You know, should we fucking do him for this and do him for that? And I think maybe coming out and going, no, he didn't He didn't test negative for them. It, it was just for this fight. Kind of stops the question of, do we now back catalogue EPO test people from the last year? Because if they started doing that, how many other people might They'll fail? Fucked. How many other people the might have been thi- on this thing? The alarming thing from my point of view, and I'm, I'm sure for a lot of fight fans, is that they haven't been testing. Not every sample is tested for EPO because of the, the cost that is yeah. incurred. Um, well, I've seen it was five to $800. So, yeah, but if, if people are aware of that, if fighters are aware of that, they don't test for EPO, you're going to chance your arm, aren't you? Yeah. So how many are on it? It brings a whole lot of doubt. They need to blanket test now for EPO, 100%, yeah. because that, for me is the most damning of them all. Mm. If you're increasing your capabilities cardiovascular-wise, people will always argue, it doesn't put muscles on your chin. It does, you know. Listen, stop being a dickhead, right? If you are on EPO, it allows you for, to train for longer. You can go for longer. So therefore, yep. you are building your muscle at a higher bit rate, all right? Yep. It's like, I think Artem Lobo, actually, and, and we've slagged him on many occasions on this show, Artem Lobo actually nails this because he says, Formula One, put everybody in the same car, fill the tank up, yeah, but the majority of people up to 80%, mm-hmm. but then fill one car up to 100%. Yeah. Which one goes longer? Of course. Which one wins the race? The yeah. guy on 100% wins the race, and that's basically what this is. It's allowing yeah. him to go for longer. You're going to naturally fatigue in fights. Look at Kelvin Gaston at the weekend. He was brilliant at the start of the fight. You're thinking, fuck me. You get to the fifth round, he ain't the same Kelvin Gastelum in the fifth round that he was in the first round. No. TJ has been that guy, though. TJ has been the same guy in the fifth round that he was in the first round. That's why he's been able to, you know, put it on those guys and use his fight IQ because he's basically at full battery. Yeah. Basically, the UFC, or not the UFC, but the... Jeff Nowitzki, who is the basically don't Jeff Nowitzki, even though his history is investigating drug cheats and fucking basically catching them, he works for the UFC to try and keep the UFC athletes from testing positive. That that doesn't mean he's masking them; he's helping them fucking cheat. He's he's the advisor. He's the guy that's going. He's like the connection between the UFC and you saw that he's the guy that facilitates it all and everything else. But he was he's the one that said no. It's too expensive to fucking test everybody for EPO. But when you look at it, the estimates I'd seen that it's between five and eight hundred dollars to test for EPO per test. So when you look at that, let's say Russia this weekend and St. Petersburg, there's twelve fights. That's twenty-four fighters. So let's go bottom line then: twenty-four fighters getting five hundred dollar tests. That's twelve grand. And this is the UFC. It's a company worth four billion quid. Exactly. They've got fucking shed loads of money. Twelve grand is basically one fighter's wages. So even if you go eight, the top end of that, which more like 20 grand, it's only one fighter's wages to test everybody for EPO, to give everybody on the card. 24 men then get peace of mind to go, yeah, thank you, UFC. You've spent 20 grand on us all getting an EPO test. So I'm, I'm not having it. It's too expensive. This is the fucking UFC. This is not fucking, you know, cage outlaws fucking in some local, local labor club. 
It's the UFC, man. It's a multi-billion dollar business. Yeah. To test them all this weekend, minimum 12 grand. Mate, that's, that's money well spent as far as I'm concerned. Don't get me wrong, it's St. Petersburg, Russia, so don't test them before because every fucker will probably fail. <laughs> test them, you know, a few weeks ago. But that's to put some money behind it, it's not too expensive at all. $500 a head's not a lot of money mm. at all. And you, I'm not saying you have to test every single fighter at every single show, but if you're randomly testing people, at least, let's say, do you say Chris Cyborg or I think Connor one year was like, I've been tested 12 times this year. You don't have to test for EPO every single time. But routinely, randomly, when they come and go piss in a cup, yeah, you're getting tested for this, this, and this. And this time, you, you're getting tested for EPO as well. Obviously, they don't have to declare no shit like that. Let the fighters think every test is everything. But every now and again, two or three times a year, test that piss for EPO as well. Spend the extra $500. It's the fucking UFC. Yeah. They've got more money than fucking... I don't know. Me. Yeah. Fucking, <laughs> they've got more money than fucking the rest of the sport put together, put it that way. The rest of the sport put together. Mm. So I'm not I'm not buying the rhetoric of they can't afford it. It's not. It's it should be done. Dana White should have done the same fucking matson as Ed, like I've just done there and gone, you know what? I didn't because he said the presser. I, I thought didn't know. I, I didn't know. I thought they always tested for EPO. Well the the, the problem is Dana costs five hundred dollars a head. Dana's the guy to go, that's fucking twelve grand a show. I don't give a fuck. Pay. It's pay it's one fighter's wages. It's not not a main fight. It's a, it's the guy who starts on the on the prelims, the prelim prelims. It's his wages. So okay, fucking pay, use that money. It's not good, man. And I hope this doesn't become the new TRT. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, but now we're doing this. Oh, it's TRT. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, you can get to, you can get to therapeutic fucking use exemption for testosterone. Great, yeah, yeah, let's all do that. Every fighter over the age of 40 is suddenly on TRT. Then you go, oh, no, fucking hell. Vito's TR testosterone's fucking through the roof. Some testosterone of about fucking 25, 16-year-old men put together. <laughs> get rid of that, he's cheating. And now EPO, it's like, They've lifted the blanket on EPO in the sport. Like, you've lifted the covers and found EPO under the covers, and it's like, oh, shit. Now every fucking blanket you lift is going to have EPO all over it because the fighters are like, hey, man, get away with it. But now they've found it, I just hope it's not rife. John Jones must be shitting himself. Shitting EPO. Shitting EPO. Shitting picograms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But listen, they've done it now. They've done it. They've, they've gone first-time offender, two-year ban. Yeah. I like it. That should be, that should be standard now. You're, especially with EPO because there's no excuse with EPO and even Dillashaw he had no excuse he just had to come out with his video yeah but but again on, on his video he sat there with right I've just had my arm done I'm yeah. having my other shoulder done I'm thinking it's not a fucking holiday lad yeah but it is he's got his feet up he's thinking yeah I'll just take a little bit of time off here and get my body fixed I'll come back even stronger in two so, years so all the money he's made from this sport all the world title fights he's been in pay-per-view money He's he's in a very good financial position compared to a lot of fighters. Certainly, a lot of fighters that he's beaten, yeah, or he's taken opportunities away from, yeah. That's the complaint now. And, That's uh, the question mark we should be going now. He's got a two-year ban, so he's he... gonna he's gonna fully recover. He's gonna yeah. have all his little niggling operations done. He's gonna come back fresh as fuck. Yes, his reputation's intact. Does he he's not intact? Does but... he stay in the in the testing pool during that two-year? Yes, period? he does. He does. He does. I... I was gonna say, like, he could have eighteen months just still smashing the juice. The fucking living daylights out of it, and then no. when right, I'm coming back in six months time, right, I'll get off it. I think someone had asked Nowitzki said he stays in the talent pool to stay on the UFC. You can't. If you come off the UFC's testing, like like Brock has come off the testing, so he can go to wrestling and juice the fuck out of himself. Of course he can. Yeah. But then to to come back into this because he's gone and retired from MMA now, so I'm going to go and do this and I'll do what I want. Okay, you're no longer in our testing pool. So unless TJ does that, yeah. and goes right, okay, well I'm I don't need tested no more because I'm no longer a fighter. See you later. But obviously the the quest then every that would be if that was made public, every fighter go whoa 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 whoa, fuck me, come on. So. But you're right, a two-year ban, what the fuck is that? Mm. Speaking of Brock, give him a call, Brock. What's the matter with you? Yeah, pick up the phone, boy. It seems like they've they've locked down the whole heavyweight division just to look after DC. Listen, I get it. DC's a top guy. We know he's a top guy. He has done extremely well for the UFC. Yeah. He's looked after the UFC. He's answered the call when the UFC need him. He thought Derek Lewis did it on a fucking day's notice or whatever it was just to save a card that was all falling off. He's done... The light heavyweight division become champion there. He's become heavyweight champion. And it looks like the UFC are trying to reward him because he wants the Brock Lesnar fight sound. Okay. 
But, easy money, but if the Brock Lesnar fight ain't going to happen, then we need to start moving the fucking heavyweight division on. You can't DC. just wait forever. Exactly. You need to make a decision, mate. What are you going to do? Are you going to take the Stipe fight? Because Stipe's still making noise about fighting you and he only wants to fight you. He just wants to run that back. He doesn't want to fight anybody else. And then you've got that other nemesis that's currently knocking about at light heavyweight that might be persuaded if the money's right and uh, the temptation is right to come up to heavyweight and uh, have another little bit of a do with you in John Jones. How long do we let this go on for? Because we thought that we were getting this before Out. now. Yeah, we did. We thought we were getting this in the Spring. first three months of the year. Mm-hmm. It's not happened yet. And nope. according to Dana at the press conference on Friday last week, he's not even heard from Brock. We no. don't even know if that fight's happening. Don't even know whether Brock wants to come back to MMA. The thing with Brock is because he's such a huge star of American sports entertainment. Nah, well, yeah, I still sports don't. and entertainment. Sports and entertainment. Yeah, and, I'll, and give entertainment. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You don't. You never Acrobat- know acrobatics. You never know. Yeah, you never know with Brock whether he's serious about competing for the UFC heavyweight title again. Which, by the way, is a fucking joke. Nobody else in any other weight division of of sports superstardom. Do you know what I mean? W- would Tom Brady be able to go and join in the UFC? And I want a title shot right now. Of course he couldn't. But because he's Brock and because he's been champion before. Doesn't matter about the ranking system. Doesn't matter who's the deserving contender. Doesn't does matter it, that he hasn't won a fight since fucking money? being juiced against Mark Hunt. Does it make money? Does Nicholas? it make money? There you go. Because it's heavyweight division. Again, don't don't count the heavyweight division like other divisions. So it's kind of unique in itself. But I always think with Brock, whether both coming over and going and getting into the octagon and getting pushed and standing around with Daniel Cormier, and then he goes and fights on WrestleMania, or fights performs at WrestleMania. I don't know whether with Brock it's always about. Well, these guys want me. How much are you going to pay me? Well, these guys want me. How much are you going to pay so me? You th- you think it's, it's, a bar- a, it's always a bargain. So you think it's a Brock. Sergio Ramos? Absolutely. You, you it's think, always oh, a Manchester bargain. Manchester United too. wants to sign me Real yeah. Madrid. How much are you going to pay me? Here's another 100 grand a week, Sergio. Exactly. Because, listen, I, Chris, Chris Walker, who's a mate of mine, he's a mad fucking wrestling geek. He, he says the same thing. He's like, Brock's on the biggest money in the sport, and yet all he does is turn up for the big show. He doesn't have to do like the weekly shows. Well, or what type of dough is he on? What type of money is he, he getting? He must paid? be on fucking. Incredible money, Brock, in wrestling, surely. Because he's the biggest star. He's just acting. He's a fucking superstar, though. What are you talking about? I know, but you're in a business there, a pay per view business that makes billions of dollars a year. So, of course, he's getting paid. There's athletes over there who know. Bet you're on the house. He's on crazy money. Athletes. I still consider them athletes. These guys have won Olympic medals and shit like that. They're not competing, they're performing, but they are athletes. And there's no way, there's absolutely no way I'll take an argument that pro wrestlers aren't athletes. They are athletes. I'll give you that. The but they're in, performing. They're in-shape actors. They're performing. They're not athletes. They're, they're performing. In, they're in-shape athletes. <laughs> they're in-shape actors. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, that was basically the main noises that came out of uh, the press conference at the weekend, apart from Anthony Smith, a wanting a bit of a knock with Luke Rockhold. Brilliant. I love that, that people just... Luke Rockhold hasn't fought for time, man. I can't even remember the, his last fight. But people just keep giving him shit, don't they? Yeah. He's just got that about him. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I think people in the because he's a good-looking just... bastard, good-looking arrogant so. bastard as well. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, it's because he's so good-looking. Yet everyone just thinks he's a douchebag. Yeah, you must get that. I do get that all do the you? time. Yeah, spit off my wife mostly. <laughs> kids. Uh, Russia this weekend, my man. That is the destination uh, for Alexander over at uh, Alistair. Alexander, <laughs> Alistair Overeem. Because you just mentioned your kids. Then I'm thinking of your lad, uh, Alistair Overeem uh, against Alexei Alenik. The yep. boa constrictor. Is he going to get, I think it's his potential of his 46th submission victory or something fucking ridiculous like that. He Man. just loves, and you name a chalk, this guy can do it. And he yeah. can do it like that. Loves an Ezekiel. Ezekiel loves a little choke. Loves a little bit of uh, RNC. You name it. He'll 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 cut that bloodline off. Uh, we'll, it's an interesting knock this, isn't it? Because you've got a fantastic mix of styles in kickboxing against Sambo. Yeah. Um, which one will prevail? Will the so Russian come out on Russia? He's got 45 subs. Is that what it is? In 50 subs. I knew it was wins. over 40, yeah. That's fucking mad, fucking For a heavyweight, mental. for a heavyweight to be doing that, that's yeah. mad. It's absolutely insane, yeah. Of course it is. But then, you know, Overeem, we always think of him as a striker because of his background in K1 and everything else. And, you yeah, know, good point. But he's actually fucking got more subs than knockouts, I think, on his record. I'll have yeah. to check that, but I'm pretty sure he's got more subs than knockouts. We haven't seen him sub anybody in a long time. Um... But is you know he's got a capable ground game. I don't think anyone's got a ground game um, to rival Ali Enoch. Say again, Alexi. <laughs> I just can't fucking listen about this card. Yeah, 
the rest of the card, the entire card. We were pissing ourselves, weren't we, talking no, to Dan Hardy I at the weekend. I would not want to commentate on this. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Some of these guys on here are absolutely insane. Mm. Some of these matchups, you're like, how do you even how do you even go about commentating on some of these fights? Fucking crazy. So there's some of the names on here I can't even fucking go for. We're just gonna stick to Overeem, Olenic, yeah, and Shevchenko. That's it. Nice. It is. Listen, as you, as you actually look down this, we know that they love mixed martial arts in Russia. The atmosphere is going to be insane. Yeah, be wicked. And they they build it brilliantly because there's a lot of local fighters in there, so the atmosphere is going to be absolutely mental. Good luck, Dan. Good luck, John, in pronouncing all those fucking names. Yeah. You came up with a great idea at the weekend, didn't you, by just going, just call them. You know. Well, Gaz, Gad, Gadsmeria Antogulov takes on Michael Alexiadjit. Yeah, that's, good. that's on the prelims, yeah? Yeah. And as I said to, to Dan, when you're calling it, just go. Gaz and Dave. Great move it? from Gaz. <laughs> and he's got Mick in a headlock. Mick is stuck in a headlock. Oh, but Gaz is spinning out. Gaz and Mick. Just go Gaz and Mick with it. Mick. I don't think anyone watching the BT commentary will complain if Dan suddenly starts calling them Gaz and Mick. Yeah. Because <laughs> good luck saying He won't do that, him. though. No, he he will have pronunciation down to T, especially with John Gooden alongside him. Yeah. It is all about the, the top of the bill, how that does play out, whether, like you just said, Alistair Overeem does go back down. Uh, an attempt to uh, play the old submission game with Elenic. I think it's a dangerous thing to be doing, if I'm dead honest, mate, because the fucking boa constrictor will just rip his head off. No, I don't think he will. I think he'll keep try, it on try the feet and light and him try up and, on the feet. Yeah. yeah, keep it on the feet and see if he can uh, light him up. Is there any particular fight that does light your candle? Um, there's one or two on there where I'm looking forward to just seeing guys, you know, in the UFC, in Russia, as always with the Russian card. You know, they bring in some absolute monsters just to delight the Russian crowd. And um, there's a guy making his UFC debut um, who's called Ivan Shutterkov. Ivan Shutterkov, also known as the Oral Hulk. The Oral Hulk? The Oral Hulk. So he's going to suck off Devin Clark, is he? (laughs) I think so, yeah. Don't know what... Devin, make sure you've got your cup on some (laughs) because he'll be going for the balls. (laughs) The Oral Hulk, it's a fucking weird one. The guy's undefeated, an absolute monster. 17 fights undefeated. Uh, But unlike most Russians, he's a Tiger Muay Thai guy. All right. So he's a fucking monster of a striker, but he's also got... You think he armbarred Thiago Silva, former USC fighter, last time out, that was in December... Had a Tico win over Fabio Maldonado, another former UFC fighter. That was uh, last summer sometime, I think it was, end of last year. So he's beaten guys, capable guys that have been in the UFC. If you look down, he's got wins over the likes of Phil DeFries, knockout win, and uh, Bigfoot Silver. So he's a guy that's more than capable. So there's major hype about the kid. Yeah, and he'll come in. That's why he's on the main card. Loads of smoke behind him. So you just don't know because the guys I've just mentioned didn't succeed in the is UFC. Light heavy? He's a light heavy, yeah. Okay. So I'm looking out for Ivan the Oral Hulk. Why didn't they just go for Ivan the Terrible or something like that? Yeah, you know what I mean? I don't listen. The Oral Hulk. What's oral he doing? I don't know. I don't want anything to do with an Oral Hulk. <laughs> do you? I want it to be tender. Yeah. So maybe, I'm, maybe a bit sloppy. Yeah, but don't, exactly. Don't be a fucking Hulk with it. What are you yeah, doing with it? Fucking tearing it off. He's using his teeth, isn't he? I fucking I, I don't know. I'm scared to I'm scared to find out. But always look out for these mad Russians making their debuts because mm. they're always crazy. Uh kicking off the main card, Christoph Jocko, good mate of Your mine. Mate, yeah. Uh in the middleweight division. He's taken on uh Amadovsky, who well I've not seen in the UFC before. I don't know whether it is. Undefeated though, isn't it? Um yeah, he is, yeah. Another fucking undefe- undefeated unknown. But then the fight after that. Of Here course. he is now. I wonder how long it'd take you. Because of course. Which one are you more interested in? The yin and the yang. But you can't choose between them. Are you are you more interested in who's in the octagon or who's in the corner? Which one are you more interested in? I, I'm not choosing between them anymore because they come as a package. Do they? Like, evidently. Doubles. Exactly. The undefeated. Uh, Valentina and Antonina yeah. Shevchenko. Yeah. The, uh, the yin and the yang yeah. of fight sports. The blonde and the brunette. That's the the ultimate sisters. That's it. The perfect night out. Right, listen, we, we're in New York this week. We're going to the uh, Amir Khan, uh, Terence Crawford fight. 100%, I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm guessing it'll be, open workouts will be Thursday, or will it be Wednesday night? Open workouts Wednesday, press of Thursday. Yeah, way in way Friday. In Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Wednesday night, bef- you won't be with me because you, you're with me on Thursday night, yeah. right? But 100%, you know full well at the open workouts, because both of them do it together. They do. They do synchronised oh, whatever they do. Yeah? 
So Valentina and Antonina will do this synchronised nonsense that they do. And this it's not lap, nonsense, it's a warm-up. Is it? It's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. And they do it in tight lycra. There's always high kicks in there. Oh. There's all sorts, isn't there? Oh! Yeah, man. It's going to no, be wicked. All sorts are wrong. She's uh, All sorts are wrong. Antonia, anyway, is, is, is having a step up anyway. She's taking on Roxanne Madaferi. I know Roxanne. She's brilliant. I uh, I watched the train and I interviewed her one time in Vegas over at Syndicate. And uh, she's an absolute diamond. She's the ultimate geek. When you look at it, she looks like the word geek. If you look, at, yeah. if you think of some stereotypical person that goes to Comic Con, for instance, yeah. Roxanne Madaferi's face springs to mind. Yeah. But she can fight, man. And she loves a good fight as well. Good step up for Antonina, but I think the Shevchenko girls, they're taking over me. They're taking over the sport, and I'm I'm driving the bus. You're a filthy pig. I'm driving the bus. You're a filthy pig. In, in, in one of those fucking all-in-one G-string, what are they called? Mankini. Like a mankini. You're going yeah. full mankini? I'm, I'm, listen. Full mankini, bollocks I, hanging I outside. I would fully mankini up to drive the Shevchenko twins bus. Yeah, just a little bit of scroll hanging out one of the sides. That's how they like it. <laughs> Mate, we ain't afraid of a bit of hair. That's why I love them. <laughs> It's spiders everywhere. Yeah, I know. When's this card on? No, UK wise. I'd have to check the uh, check the timetable because the good thing about the UFC under under ESPN mm. these days is that they they're playing it local time. Well, it is. It's uh, it starts at six o'clock. Wicked. So from a British perspective, that's main card. The three it, prelims are three o'clock. I don't know what channel it's on, but it'll be main card therefore that is on yeah. from six o'clock UK time. Wicked. Fucking hell, what more do you want? I don't know what time that'll be in New York. They'll have to try and investigate when we're away. Well, but... just take five hours off at your clan. One o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, yeah, yeah. See what you did there. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Nice. So one o'clock in the afternoon, you'll be tuning into Shit, that. Shit, we haven't got ESPN+. Plus. We're in America. That's what I mean. We're going to have to get hooked up. They'll have, ESPN it. Plus. They'll have it in a bar. Oh, we're going to a bar, okay. Thought we were working. They have bars in America, mate. <laughs> Fucking New York, city that never sleeps. What do you think we're going to do? Oh my God, my phone don't work. I can't see TV. <laughs> can't stream it. What's going on? Good point. It's not Flint, Michigan. Good point. All right. That's true, yeah. There you go. Uh, enjoy that at the weekend. Uh, if you're in the UK watching it, six o'clock, I think it is, uh, that you can get stuck into the main card from Russia. And good luck to Dan and to John in pronouncing all those names. <laughs> Gaz and Mich. Simples. That's all you need to do. Uh, thank you very much for listening to us. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you need some more uh, UFC action, you can go and have a look at him taking the piss out of my bogies uh, on BT Sport because we're on there doing a TV show together. Go and have a little bit of a nosy at that. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's loads of content going up there this week at Fight Disciples on YouTube, at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter as well, and at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. Please subscribe to this podcast. Write us a lovely little review, and that'll help us. We are uh, sightings in the uh, iTunes chart. We will catch you next time thank you for listening if you like what you heard subscribe via itunes